Big Buck Registry, Big Buck Podcast, episode number three. Hey everybody, this is Jay Scott. Welcome back to another episode of the Big Buck Registry's Big Buck Podcast. Uh, we have a fantastic lineup for you today. Uh, we actually get to speak with three of the contestants on the Deer of the Year uh, submissions, and uh, we're pretty excited to have these guests on our show today. Uh, first, we're going to be speaking to Jamie Boyd, and Jamie was the submitter of one of the larger deer in the pool this year. Uh, Jamie spoke to us for quite a while and gave us some details and gave us some different tips on what, uh, he uses in order to be successful in the field. We also speak with Zach McKenzie and, uh, Zach actually harvested a very unique beer, uh, not a beer, a very unique deer, um, had a very unique rack. And I believe he was leading the way for a little while, but I believe Jamie Boyd has come uh, pushed ahead of him for the, the deer of the year. Uh, and then finally, we're going to speak with Dusty Phillips and Dusty actually submitted a deer as well, uh, to the contest, but he has also formed this, um, company or outdoor troop, so to speak, called the Chubby Tines Outdoors, named after the deer that he shot, um, that he named Chubby Tines. So, uh, really cool interview there. Um, we're also going to go through the contest. Actually, let's do that right now. Okay, so the the all the nominees for the Deer of the Year have been submitted, and the the deadline for submitting a deer was January thirty first. So that time has passed, and now we're moving into the voting session. Now you've already uh, voting has already happened. So um, if you are late to the game, you better pick it up and get some. Uh, friends and family and share that that post as often and as frequently and to as many people as you can in order to have a uh, in order to have a chance at winning this competition because right now Jamie Boyd I believe has 400 likes which equal 400 votes so a like equals a vote and as many people as you can get to vote on your picture in the album that's what's going to count so at the end of February February 28th that's exactly when voting stops, and we will announce the winner on March 1st. Whoever collects the most amount of likes also collects the most amount of votes, and that will be the winner of the $200 cash prize, and we'll also have a second and third prize as well. All right, so let's uh, let's run down the list of contestants. So I believe we've had a little over 100 deer submissions for the Deer of the Year contest. Um, but I'm going to just run down the, the list of the names um, of everybody that has submitted a buck. Uh, first, we got the Frank Goza buck. Uh, we have another Frank Goza buck. We have Zach McKenzie, um, which is the the buck that grossed over 154 inches. Zach is eight. Uh, Zach is 18. We spoke with him uh, earlier, or we'll be listening to his interview. Uh, the Dalton Campbell buck. We spoke to Dalton last week. And, uh, he had a great story, um, kind of one of those unprepared situations where 
he actually needed to go back to his house to get the second cap for his muzzleloader and then came back and shot the big deer. Uh, the Jamie Boyd buck, Chelsea Hall. We spoke to Chelsea earlier. Um, keep going, Lucas Brown. The Corwin Ridgeway buck. The Greg Ridgeway buck. We hope to speak to Greg soon. The Cameron, Cameron Criddle buck. What a fantastic photo. Young man uh, with a great deer. Um, the photo itself is actually quite lively, so check that out in the album. Uh, the Mac, Matt McKenzie Buck from Allegheny County, Pennsylvania. Uh, he is actually brothers with Zach McKenzie. The Jordan Schreiner Buck, beautiful deer. The Lionel McGraw Buck number two. Brittany Miller Buck. The Joseph Reeder Buck. Barry Grimes, Walter Mitchell, Tracy Pratt. Tracy shot a, a deer in South Texas. Beautiful, beautiful deer. Lionel McGraw, the, the buck that he calls Rudolph. Kenyon Atkins, Eric Bodmer. The second Eric Bodmer buck out of West Virginia. The Jared Weininger buck. The Nathan Birch buck out of South Dakota. Jacob Kufal, Nick Washburn, David Weiss, Shannon Parks out of Albany County, New York, Trenton Bishop, Stephen Brostowich, Josh Cosby, Wade Kerfoot, Junior Compton, Dustin Weekly, it was a fairly late submission out of West Virginia. Cody Thompson. Brandon Saunders. Brandon looks like he shot a, um, not a whitetail, but a uh, mule deer. Josh Green. Josh shot a, a heck of a nice drop time. Uh, the Roger Gates buck. Stephanie Endicott. Out of Kentucky. Kevin Clore. Chris Janes, Brian Nelson, Ronnie Jessup, Jay Lee, Ralph Livingston out of Iowa, Dusty Phillips, that's the, we're going to speaking to Dusty in a moment, Cody Factor, Matthew Davis, John Schmidt, Jim Bruckmiller, Bill Grosbeck, Gary Creasy, Chase Lantham, Jerry Casper, Sherry Sunderland out of Maine, Michael Allen, Brian Griggs, the J.D. Wally Buck, we spoke about that on our very first podcast, Brandon Rackley, Brandon Woody, young man who shot a nice deer, Steve Williams, Steve has a, an amazing deer, Marlena Mackey, Brandon Rackley, Brian Sutherland, Lance Catfish Gardner, Josh Buchanan, Doug Boris, the Lionel McGraw Buck number two, he calls him Jumper, Andy Lloyd, David Barrett, David Howell, John Spawn, 
Jordan Everett, Jake Everett, Corey Raynan, Tim Christ, Nate Anderson, Tracy Pratt, Buck number two, Monty Rutledge, Joe Godner, and Joe actually submitted a a video as well on the the buck hunt. What a what a cool looking buck that is out of Ohio. It's a, a non typical twenty four pointer. Brandon Essig, Merle Sharar, Eric Lambert, Wade Kerfoot, Brian Menge, Gabe Falconer out of Missouri, Dustin Cope, Robert and Quentin Woods, a young man holding a deer, uh, David Tanner, Kendrick Taylor, Colin Kelly, Chris LaFountain, Pierre LaFountain, Brock Whitbeck, Link LaFountain, uh, a young man by the name of Brian. He did not leave a last name, but he's out of Maryland, Stephanie Endicott, Caitlin Thompson, Blake Boone, Michaela Boone, Ron Strussian, and that's it. So that's the, the list of contestants for the 2012 Deer of the Year, um, and we will be announcing the winners on March 1st. Uh, so... If you'd like to continue to submit a buck, we have absolutely no problem with that fact. We want to still see deer. Um, we suspect that there probably aren't as many deer coming in because most of the deer season has wound down all across the country. However, if you have not submitted a deer, if you're just finding bigbuckregistry.com for the first time, please continue to submit. We will continue to post as frequently as deer come in. You can post directly to the site. You can go to the bigbuckregistry.com forward slash submit and submit a buck that way. You can email it to us at photos at bigbuckregistry.com uh, or you can uh, FB mail it, which means you can go in through the private mail system through Facebook and we'll, uh, we can receive it there as well. Uh, a couple of, sh- of notes before we get into the interviews with the contestants. Um, we have a brand new website called the longbeardregistry.com and that is going to be a sister site to the Big Buck Registry and the Bluefin Registry, which is, uh, a, another sister site to the Big Buck Registry where we're going to be doing podcasts as well and actually going to be reviewing the Wicked Tuna show for all you guys out of Gloucester, all guys and gals. So, uh, go check out those websites again, longbeardregistry.com and bluefinregistry.com. So if you have a uh, Tom Turkey that you'd like to submit, go to uh, go to the longbeardregistry.com forward slash submit. Same kind of format, same protocol as we have on the Big Buck Registry. And as we start to move into turkey season coming up, uh, I believe this, some of the seasons are starting to open up in March in the south. Um, we're going to start doing a contest there as well. And then once we r- roll into the summer, um, right around June, which would be right at the end of turkey season. Uh, hopefully we'll start doing some contests with the bluefin registry. So if you're a bluefin tuna fisherman and or a turkey hunter, uh, we would love to see you submit to those sites as well. All right. So one other thing we wanted to cover before we listen to Jamie, the Jamie Boyd interview. There is a new feature where you can actually, you don't have to call in, but you can actually use your computer to call in your story. 
And all you have to do is go to bigbuckregistry.com forward slash tell your story. And that will bring you to a link through our automated recording system through a company called SpeakPipe. And you can start recording your interview or your story or your what a question, whatever you have. If you have a question, if you have a story you'd like to tell about a buck that you've harvested, you can go to bigbuckregistry.com forward slash tell your story. And you can record it there and we'll receive it by email and then we'll, we'll review it and post it to the site if, if it fits our needs. Okay, let's go to the Jamie Boyd buck. Um, Jamie was one of our big submitters or our, one of our early submitters, I should say, to the contest. And he has submitted a beautiful 244 pound whitetail deer to the contest. So, uh, let's take it away. All right, welcome back, everybody. This is Jay Scott, and I am here with the, none other than Jamie Boyd, who has submitted a the buck uh, that from Illinois, that weighed 244 pounds dressed, and it's gotten a lot of attention on our Facebook page and a lot of attention on our uh, Facebook contest. Um, so, Jamie, v- thanks for coming to the show, and welcome. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, couldn't be... Uh, more pleased that you were able to join us tonight. <clears throat> I'd like to uh, just, what I'd like to do is just hear a little bit about who you are, where you're from, uh, kind of tell us what's going on in your neck of the woods. Okay, well, I live in, uh, live in Wisconsin, right on the state line of uh, Wisconsin, Illinois, so I'm able to hunt both states pretty much, and uh, this one was taken in Illinois, and it was shot in Lake County, Illinois, and there's no... Uh, no gun stays in there. It's bow only. So the deer get pretty big. Gotcha. Okay, so you are you live in Wisconsin now. Correct. And you're able to hunt on the line of Illinois, so you've got a good mix of both states. Can you get, so you can go buy tags in both states and hunt both sides if you decide to? Correct. I would have to buy a non-resident license for Illinois. But still worth worthwhile from what we can tell. Definitely. <laughs> so the... What do you do for a living, Jamie? I work at a Chevy dealership. Okay. Parts. Gotcha. And by the look of the picture, you're you're an archer. Yes. Very nice. I I use gun and bow. Okay. But I I'd, I'd rather bow hunt than anything else. I I can certainly understand that. That's um, there's something special about bow hunting. I certainly like our, my guns, but uh, bow hunting is is definitely when you've harvested a deer with a bow. There's really Nothing like that at all. Great. Um, tell us about the terrain. Uh, it's more of a flat terrain, uh, a lot of open farm fields, uh, little towns here and there, subdivisions here and there, but it's mostly just flat and a lot of farmland, a little little pockets of woods here and there. Okay. Now, where was this picture taken? It looks like you've got some, some wooded area there. This was actually taken in my backyard the day after I took the deer. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, the deer looks huge. It looks like it has a huge front end. <laughs> it's the biggest deer I've ever seen in my life. I mean, I, when I first seen it underneath me, I thought it was a cow. I had to do a double take because it was just, I'd never seen a body that big before. Gotcha. Now, put this in perspective. You look small compared to this deer. How how big are you? Uh, in that picture right there, 155, 160 is where I lay. Wow. So the deer was live weight. The deer was almost double my weight. No kidding. Um, did you have help dragging it out? Oh, yeah. Um, 
after I found the deer and knew it was down, I went back to my truck, which is probably maybe 300 yards away, called up a buddy of mine to come help drag it out, because a few weeks before this happened, I hurt my ankle, and I couldn't really put a lot of weight on it. <clears throat> so he showed up, and uh, we went out there to start dragging it. We got maybe 20, 30 yards, and we figured out we needed more help. So he called a buddy of his and helped us get it back to the truck. Right. It, the the big deer certainly cause a problem once you take them down. That's no question about right. it. Uh, let's um, if you could, let's. I like to kind of recreate the hunt for our listeners. Sure. Um, um this happened on November first, and I had to work that day. I didn't get off work till probably two thirty, up to thirty three o'clock in the afternoon. And on my way home. I was driving by the area that I hunt. I noticed they picked a cornfield that I had a stand on earlier, you know, within the last day or two. So I decided to whip in there and, you know, sit there to the dark. And I was there maybe half hour, 45 minutes, and I could hear a deer walking. My stand was set up at the edge on a fence roll. I had to pick the cornfield to my right and a cattail swamp to my left side. And I could hear a deer walking through the cattails, but I couldn't see because it, it was just too thick. And I could tell it was walking towards me. But where the stand was set up, it was in a place where I couldn't see off to my left until the deer was right underneath me, probably four or five yards away. So that's how close the deer got for the first time I actually seen him. And uh, like I said, it, you know, I had to do a double take. I thought it was a cow or something because the first thing I noticed was just wrinkles in his neck, just you know, rolls of fat in his neck. I can see that. Yeah. I can see those rolls in his neck now that yeah. you mention it. And you can see that when the deer was, you know, walking with his head, you know, forward, it looked just like that on both sides, you know, on the side. So I came to full draw. And like I said, it's only probably four yards from the base of my tree, and I'm only 12 feet up in a tree because that's the only tree that there was there to hang a stand in. That's as high as I could get into it. And uh, there was some brush off to my left, you know, where I was shooting to because I never cleared a shooting lane there because I never expected a deer walk on that side, you know, right through the swamp like that. There was no trail or nothing. He was just busting his way through the cattail. And when he got um, just a few yards away, you know, I, I thought I had a good shot on him. And I shot, and he spun and ran back the way he came from and stopped. Hmm. And I could hear him, you know, walk around, and just he just wasn't doing nothing. He wasn't leaving, and he wasn't coming back. He was just standing there. So I grabbed my grunt call on my jacket, and I grunted once or twice, and he got quiet. He stood there. I waited for maybe a minute or two, and I grunted again. And as soon as I grunted the second time, I could hear him walking back towards me again. So I thought maybe, I, I thought I hit him the first time. You know, I thought I had a good shot, but here, you know, here he is walking back again. So I grabbed uh, another arrow out of the clipper that was hanging up on a branch in the tree and got ready again. And he stepped right out in the same exact spot again, and I put that one right right behind the shoulder where, where it needed to be. And he spun and ran off again the way he came, and maybe 20, 30 yards, he stopped and just got dead quiet. Hmm. And I knew he didn't turn to the right because I would have seen him come out into the cornfield, and I didn't think he went to the left because I would have seen him, you know, into the swamp, and everything just got quiet. So I waited maybe, uh, it seemed like an hour, but I'm sure it was only like 10, 15 minutes. <laughs> and I got down, and right where he was standing, I walked to that spot, I found what ended up being my first arrow laying there on the ground, stuck in the ground with just a little bit of hair and no blood on it. 
Um, I didn't know. I thought the second shot was good, so I started walking back on his trail a little bit. And within 10, 15 feet, I seen, you know, a good blood trail come up both sides. Yeah. So I followed it up about another 20 yards, and I could see his, I see a leg and a hind quarter sticking up out of the cattail. So I knew, I knew it was down then. And I wanted to give him a little bit more time, so I just snuck back out around to the side and went back to the truck and called my buddy to come get him out. And what happened, my first shot actually hit just, I don't know if it hit a branch or what, but it went low. And it put a six or seven inch cut under, right under his belly. Ah. He was actually hit the first time and came back to the ground call a second time. So that was kind of cool. So let me get this straight. You took, you had two shots with a bow. I had two shots, had two shots at this deer, yes. At the same buck, this buck, this big buck. You hit it twice. The first shot hit it. He turned around maybe 25, 30 yards. I couldn't see him anymore because it was so brushy. Right. I could hear him. And he stood there for a few minutes and I started grunting and he walked back in again. I don't know if he thought the first shot was a deer that hit him or what, but he came back to check it out. The current call a second time. That's crazy. So yeah, second one, second one hit both lungs and he was done. Right, I that's amazing. Yeah, so you actually <laughs> hit the deer the first time. He took off, grunted him back in. Yeah, you never get a second chance with a bull like that ever. Wow, that's awesome. Uh, God wanted you to have this book, I think. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now tell us about uh, your preparation. Um, uh, Bring us well, back. that day there, I, I didn't really do a lot because I really didn't plan hunting that day because I had to work. Okay. Like I said, you know, I was, I was driving home from work. I got off early that day and noticed that cornfield was pitched. And I just happened to have all my stuff, my gear, and my truck with me. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I just spray down with, you know, scent killer and stuff like that and try and be as scent free as possible. Gotcha. You... Uh, that area, that, you know, that area, there's a lot of human activity, you know, for sperm farmers and people that live in the area. So, you're a little, you know, it's a little more forgive, forgiving on the scent because they're kind of used to people. Okay. But still, you, you had worked all day. You've got Correct. scent from work on you. You changed oh, yes. your clothes in the field? Oh, uh, from what I could, yeah. Whatever you could. You sprayed down right. Right. and headed in, and that was it. Yeah. So yep. um, not something incredibly detailed about the scent control. These dare, not, dare, on this, not, not on this hunt, no. Okay. You do on other times, but this one was just, uh, hey, I'm getting out of work. I got to go in. I got to get a right. little bit of hunting in for the day. Exactly. Kind of, exactly. kind of get, get your fix on the deer hunting for the day. Exactly. Um, going on in the area. I hadn't been in there for a week or so. so. Gotcha. Uh, what kind of clothes were you wearing? You, uh, camouflaged? Yeah. Head to toe. Any kind of particular pattern that you, you recall? Um, I want to say it was more shield, but I'm not sure exactly what I was wearing then. Okay. Headgear? Any kind of mask or anything like that? I had a uh, net, like a net, head, uh, head net on that covers up my face. Yeah. Uh, something like that. I cut out so you can see through it. Okay. And uh, what about boots? Rubber boots? Leather boots? Yeah, I, 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 won't, I won't go on the woods without rubber boots. Rubber boots. Okay. Okay. Um, as far as the bow that you're shooting, there's a picture of the bow. Or a bow in the picture. I assume that's the the same bow you used to kill the deer. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. What kind of bow you, are you shooting there? Uh, that there is a, a Pearson spoiler. Pearson spoiler. All right. Is that a an older model? 
that's a very old model. Yeah. I was going to say, it looks like it has some old, uh, older design to it, but still effective. <laughs> they got the job done, yeah. Oh, that's the thing about uh, about a lot of the you know, guns and bow. The, the, te- the technology certainly has advanced tremendously. Oh, yeah. But I'm not sure that it inhibits the good deer hunter from still harvesting big deer or right. deer, period. Um, Especially, you know, in a case like this, we only shoot four yards. It doesn't take a good bull here right. to shoot that far. Right. And let, let's face it, you, you, even with the best technology, you still got to be kind of close. Right, um, correct. And there's some guys out there shooting these ridiculous long shots on television, but that's not your average right. hunter. No, I won't take a shot over 35 yards, right. 35, 40 yards, my max. Right. Gotcha. Um, tell us about your arrows. Uh, looks like, are you shooting carbon? Uh, that there is an aluminum arrow. That's a, okay, so looks like it's black. Yep, they're black. Uh, I had two white veins and one black. I like yep. I like a little bit of white so I can see the flooded arrow a little bit better with the white knots. Yep. And um, those there I had, I, I shoot nothing but muzzy broadheads. Muzzies, okay. I've ever, I've ever used, and that's all I ever will use. What, uh, what grain are you using? A hundred grain. Gotcha. And how, what kind of arrows? I believe those are Easton. Easton, okay. So Easton arrows, muzzy, muzzy uh, broadheads. Yes. And an old bone arrow. Very cool. That's awesome. Yes. Um, so you, you, that there, it's only 50% let off on that bow. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. I can see the, uh, the, the vibration pom-poms there uh, in the back. Those are the classic mm-hmm. ones. That's great. Um, all right, so you, so you spent, uh, how long did, from the time you got in the stand to when you took the deer? Uh, I was in the stand probably an hour, maybe a little more, not much more than an hour. Okay. It was still very daylight. The sun was still above the trees. And it was, you, you got out of work, um, do you remember what time of day it was? When I got off of work? You got out of work and, and what time you actually probably, shot? I probably got out of work about 2.30. Probably took the shot close to four. Okay, so you just kind of roaming around. November first, you said was the day. Yep. Okay. Yep. The, 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 you know, the rut was just getting going right there. Right. Just, just barely kicking off. Kind of curious, right. curious stage. Right. They're, they're around their feet and moving around. Right. Pretty good. That's uh, that's a lot of sunlight for a buck to be moving around still. Even that, that seems a little even early. Right. Yeah. Um, well, I wasn't expecting them at all. I, you know, I was watching the corn, you know, off to my right. They're going to be a good place to get up, you know, right before dark to watch them come out, you know, to feed on the fresh, you know, corn, but never expected him to come out of the swamp from behind me. Right. A good swamp buck. Uh, did, yep. um, the, the antlers, it's, it looks like it's an eight pointer, as you described. Yeah, the left side actually had five points on it at one time, but it was broke the one, two, three, the fourth time was actually broke off. Okay. It was less than an inch long, so it was actually scored as an eight point. Gotcha. And was there an age estimation done on the deer? Um, the guy that scored guessed, he was guessing like around four and a half. Okay. Gotcha. Good mature whitetail. Um, yeah. so you got, you got all your buddies, uh, you got the whole town to come out and help you drag this deer out. <laughs> Um, and then what'd you do with the deer after that? Well, it took probably, after I got three people out there, it probably took over an hour just to drag him about 300 yards back to the truck. 
And then uh, we went to a local bar because I was shooting pool at night out pool egg, and we celebrated a little bit. And, <laughs> Excellent. And uh, next day I took him into butcher shop, a local butcher shop they had in process. Beautiful. That's outstanding. We ended up actually when I picked up the meat from the butcher, I had six huge grocery bags just full. I I thought I was getting back somebody else's meat. Was oh, that's all I come here here. Wow. It's, it was just unreal at five of them. There is, you could tell that deer was just packed full with meat. That's awesome. Right. Um, and how was the flavor? Not bad, not bad at all. Everyone always says, you know, you know, big older book like that, they, they're not good for eating, but this one's very, very, very good. Yeah, and we're hearing mixed messages about that. Some people are saying it's those older bucks are the gamiest things on the planet, and some uh, are saying. A lot of it has to do with their, with their diet, you know, what, you know, what part of the country they're from and what they right. eat, you know, themselves. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. Um, are you've, uh, did you have it mounted? Yes, I did. Excellent. Um, at some point, maybe send in a, a picture of the mount. We'd like to see the final final yeah, cut sure. of that. That would be great. Not a problem. Excellent. Um, and uh, any uh, any plans for this coming uh, fall? Well, I just purchased a new bow probably about a month ago, and I yeah. wanted to get that set up and used to that and uh, see what I can do for this year. What kind of bow did you get? Um, it's a Mission Venture. Mission is owned by Matthews. Okay. It's a very short bow. It's only 30 inches from axle to axle. But it's uh, rated for 321 feet per second. And spell that for us. How do you spell that? Was it? Mission. M-I-S-S-I-O-N. Okay, so Mission. Venture. E-N-G-U-R-E. Okay. We'll check that out. I haven't heard about that bow yet. Very cool. It's a, it's a newer company. I mean, it's, it's, they make top-of-the-line stuff. Okay. All right. We'll, uh, we'll check that out. Uh, Jamie, thank you very much for being on the show. We really appreciate it, and uh, we could wish you continued success in the field. And uh, please, uh, whenever you're successful, send in some photos. We'd love to see some more. I certainly will. Thank you. All right. Thanks a lot. All right, so that was Jamie Boyd, and uh, we thank Jamie very much for being on the show. Uh, we'd like to roll right into the Zach McKenzie interview, so stay put, and we'll be right back with Zach McKenzie. Welcome back, everybody. This is Jay Scott from the Big Buck Registry, and I'm here with Zach McKenzie. And Zach is the leader on the Big Buck Registry contest at the moment. He has 389 likes, I believe, which equates to 389 votes. And uh, we'd like to listen to uh, Zach talk about the story behind this fantastic, magnificent buck he has here. Zach, welcome, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Excellent. Okay. Well, I'd like to, Go ahead. I'd like to start out with... Uh, this all started, you know, I, I started hunting when, my, when I was a little bit younger, and my dad brought me into it, and all my brothers were in it, and it was a big thing around where, where we live, you know, it's a big family bonding thing, and then I began to, you know, branch off to myself, and I was hunting, and I actually, actually fell out of my tree stand when I was archery hunting, and I fell about 15 feet and broke my um, ankle, my right ankle, and then walked 200 yards back to my car and drove home. Two weeks later on crutches, I went out with my middle brother, Matt, and 
we went to a spot not too far from our house, and he dropped me off in the car because I was on crutches. And I, I crutched into the woods about 35, 40 yards, and then I sat down. He came, he comes in and starts rattling, and next thing you know, this buck runs up out of the hollow and comes right to Matt. And Matt's using a compound bow, and he couldn't, he had no time to draw on the buck. And I'm sitting about 30 yards away from him, and the buck runs right to me. And I'm I'm sitting there with a crossbow on the ground, and I uh, pull up on him, and he's in a pretty fast trot. And I I shot, and when I shot, I shot a little bit back. And I was scared about that, but I saw his tail go, go under, and I was, you know, my heart was beating. And, and then he ran about 30 yards right towards the vehicle and fell over. And I swear to this day, I bet money on it you've never seen a kid run through the woods on crutches as fast as i did that day <laughs> all right so you're on crutches when you shot the deer yes i was that's incredible all right and that explains the cast in the picture yep ah okay so tell us a little bit about yourself zach where are you from i'm from a small town elizabeth pennsylvania okay so you're down in pennsylvania and you hunt Pennsylvania, and this this deer is a Pennsylvania buck. Yes, this is. This is a Pennsylvania deer. That's a beautiful Scored deer. One hundred and fifty four and five Wow. Oh yeah, I was reading. Oh yeah, there it is, right there on the on the site. All right, so you had sp- sprained your ankle or broke your I ankle? Actually, I had actually broke my ankle. Hmm. I um, I had broke my. Oh, it, it's the bone that comes that goes down to the growth plate on the left side of your right ankle. Okay. And it makes the ball on the side. And that was, foot. that was a, a deer hunting injury? Yes. I was actually out hunting and I was getting into the stand and I didn't even have time to put a harness on or anything. And as I was getting in, my stand kicked a little bit. Yep. And I lost my footing and fell straight back. No kidding. What kind of stand was it? It was a uh, hang-on stand. A hang-on stand. Okay. So you fell out of the stand, you, you broke your ankle, and you're you're about you going on a bow hunt that day as well. Yeah, I was actually I had actually just just started climbing into the tree. The bow was on the uh, hauling rope, and bag was on the hauling rope, and I was ready to get up in the stand for an evening hunt, and it struck me, and I fell. Oh no, kidding! So, but I stood strong, and I, I went back out on crutches, and next thing you know, I. Have a buck of a lifetime. Now, how long between when you broke your ankle and before you were back in the woods? It was actually, I actually went out about a week and two days after with my middle brother, and we didn't see anything the first day. And I and it was actually raining, and I was walking to the woods on crutches, and he's sitting there helping me, and he's like, can you go a little bit farther? I'd like to get up to this ridge. And, and then the next day we went out, and bam, he came running in. No kidding. So you're out with your brother, and uh-huh. the, he tried a grunt call. Is that right? In the the deer, yeah, he, he grunted, and then he yeah. started. He, he began to rattle, and when he rattled, it was no longer than five minutes, and this buck came running up over the hill. He wanted to fight. So it was a rattle. Okay, so um, describe the the scenery and the territory where you're hunting a little bit. All right. Well, the uh, it's a back kind of like a back road and it's not far from the yawk river okay 
And what had happened is a couple days before that, like I was saying, we were out and it was hunting in the rain. The rain had caused the river to flood, like, real bad. Worse than I've seen it in a while. And all the river-bottom deer that usually fed in the thickets that are along there started, you know, moving out of the area because it was full of water. And we were hunting, like, just above the river, like, up, up a little bit. And, yeah, like at a flood line almost. And um, he came right out of the hollow, like, not far from the river at all, and came running right up to us. He wanted, he, he, he was the dominant buck in that area, and he didn't want anybody else in it. No kidding. That's, uh, so you would say that because of the rattle and this buck being the dominant buck, he was, he came out of the hollow just to look for whatever was coming through. Yeah, that and, that and my brother's a exceptional caller for animals with the whole family likes having him as, uh, as the rattler and the grunter and the, yeah, he's, he's our little horseshoe. Gotcha. All right. <laughs> so he's good luck. Bring him with. <laughs> I've got a couple of those in my family too. They just seem to be, for whatever reason, you bring them along and you just score big no matter what it is. Whether yep. it's deer every, hunting, fishing. Every, every family has that. Yep. Every family has a good luck charm. You, you, you know, you go fishing and you catch that big bass with, with that person, you know? Exactly. So, does your, this is your older brother that does the. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's my middle brother. He's, your middle brother. We talked to John. He was my eldest brother. Okay. And. Matt is the middle brother. Actually, Matt's buck is on Big Book Registry. That's right. I've seen that. Okay. Now, did he, he submit a week after me? Did he submit it for a the buck of the year as well? Yes, he did. Okay, I'll have to go back and take a look at that. All right. Yeah, so- he uh, he he shot his an exact week after mine. Gotcha. Different right. location, but same same time in the evening and same thing. I'll have to go back through here and see if I can find that buck. All right, let's go back to your buck. So your your middle brother, he's exceptional at calling. Yeah. Tell I, me. Tell me about his technique. Well, he he just I don't I don't know. He has like a way with with calling, and he's just exceptional among all of our family members. Like when last year, my dad, you know, he had called in three separate times for my dad. I mean, he he calls in for my brother, he, and then he goes out and still shoots a buck himself. You know, he's he's a dedicated hunter, and I give him that. Yeah, and my and John does everything with the turkeys. Like a couple years before that, me and John both went out and shot two turkeys together at the same time, which is rare. You usually don't get to in one. Right. Well, you guys will have to check out our new site called the Longbeard Registry. You might like that one too. He said there's a new site called the Longbeard Registry, too. Just right, launched yeah, it this we week. Will. All right, excellent. You, I'm trying to incorporate all the things that I love in life into different sites so we can all go and enjoy it all across yeah. the country. So that's cool. All right, so so you got your good luck charm. Uh, what what time of year was it when you were hunting this deer? Well, let's see. It was beginning of November. We actually had pretty mild. It wasn't... Um, wasn't very cold right then. We had rain. So, I mean, temperatures were still in, like, 40s. And um, everything was soaked. I mean, really, 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 really soaked. The ground, you could, like, when I stepped with my crutches, my crutch would sink into the ground a couple inches because it was that wet. Wow, okay. So you, you were just getting drenched. 
Yeah, it that, was it was a wet. Just that time, uh, just unusual for that that spot. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, we usually don't get that much rain at once, but we had rain for probably three days, four days. It was just off and on rain, and it just drenched everything. Okay. And you and your brother went into the woods. About what time of day? I'm guessing it was probably. Well, I shot mine earlier in the morning. It was like probably seven, and then by the time we got back, it was like eight thirty, almost nine, and that's when we called my oldest brother and told him, and he's telling all his friends at work, and my mom's, you know, saying she's happy for us and stuff, and. Gotcha. Okay, so tell us a little bit about what you do to prepare for a hunt. Um, obviously, you had a challenge with a cast here. Um, are there yeah. anything you follow, any kind of uh, type of pattern that you go into? Do you use scent control? Do you try to yeah. – tell us about your routine. Well, usually we keep scent bags. You know, we, we bought our own scent bags for all of our camos that we were all separated. And um, before every hunt, you start out, you know, I start out with my base layers, and I spray off first with them, and then I put on my second layer, and that's just for archery season, so I just put my second layer on, which is just my outside camo, and I spray off again. And then usually me and Matt uh, paint each other's faces because he painted mine that day, and then the next day he looked like Zorro. He painted his whole face like a mask almost. Oh yeah, but, yeah. We 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 like to we like to give it our all. So so you you paint your faces, um, and that's a routine you guys follow. Yep. And what, t- tell me about the 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 paint. Is it uh, just something it's you buy in local store? Yeah, you you can buy it in any any retail store. Walmart sells it. Gander Mountain. It's just a uh, camouflage face paint, and it usually comes in like black and gray and green. Gotcha. I, I like the black. It kind of blends more. Okay, I'm looking at Matt's picture right here now. He, uh, he, he is all camoed up uh, with face paint. Okay, yeah. now I see it. Now it makes sense. All right, so your brother has 105 likes or votes at the moment. Uh-huh. You have 389. I think it's my story. I think it's, I think it's because I have the determination to get back out into the woods and... And to love God and, you know, thank him for giving us these amazing deer and and the, and the opportunity to receive it all. I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more there. What else are you doing besides just posting the picture? Are you doing any techniques you're sharing with your friends or, or anything like that? Yep. I mean, I, I love, I love telling others and younger kids how to hunt and, and what other stuff and little tips. You know, I'm, I mean, where to go. I'm, I I don't really keep anything secret from people because, you know, it, it it's a chance to go hunting anyway, you know. Right. Everybody's got a chance. I could go into a spot and not see anything, and a guy could walk in 15 minutes after me and see the biggest buck of his life. Right. So, I mean, if, it, if I could help somebody else into achieving a great thing, then I'll, I'll definitely do it. That's that's excellent. That's very admirable of you. That's uh, that's that's a heck of a good trait. Um, who do you think has the bigger buck, you or your brother? Oh, 
I mean, he has a he has a nice buck, but I think mine get, brings more character, and there's a, more of a story behind mine. You know, pretty good bonding experience with him. You know, that's something I'll never forget. You know, right. The rest of my life, knowing that I shot probably one of the biggest bucks in my life, and right. I shot it with him. Now, did you have it weighed? Um, it was about 185 pounds. 185. Okay. Uh, the rack is tremendous. It's, uh, it's one of the most unique racks I've ever seen. Um, almost to the point where it start, it, it kind of looks like it tried to palmate a little bit, but it didn't. It actually, it actually, it, um, palmated in a weird way. Yes. It, it palmated not only like width up and down, but it kind of palmated out to the sides too, which is what in turn brought them drop times. Right, exactly, and I, and I was uh, looking at this. I think there might be some more palmation to the backside towards you in the picture that we yeah. can't see particularly well in the picture from the front. I could actually, I actually have another picture. I might, maybe I could send it to you, and you get another look at it. Cool. Yeah, that, that if you want to send in some more pictures, I think that'd be great, and I'll post them in the podcast show notes. So you can okay. see some other pictures of the buck. We're going to leave this one where it is because this is where all the voting is going to happen. Um, but we will post it in the show notes as well. Um, right, that's, that's sweet. Now, is your brother interested in being on the show at all? Um, Matt? Matt, yeah. I'd have to talk to him. He isn't home at the moment, but I yeah. might. He, he, he would probably do it. Cool. Well, we're trying to interview just about everybody that has a nomination in the album. And we think that putting the verbal story behind the picture um, just adds to the whole complexity of, of the of the story. Exactly. And uh, a picture is definitely worth a thousand words, but there's a whole other story behind the picture that I want everybody to hear. Um, so and most people don't hear it. Most people see the picture and trying to come up with their own, you know, background to it, what happened and how they shot it. Exactly. So we we think it's it's pretty interesting, and I, it seems like everybody that's listening to the podcast enjoys listening to deer hunt stories in general, but and they understand that there's a story behind the picture itself. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, it, this is this is something that I'll, that I'll have with me for the rest of my life. Isn't and that? I hope, and I hope other people can see that that hunting isn't just you know going out and shooting a deer, you know it's going out this is it's a bonding experience that you'll never forget and it's an adrenaline rush that beats you right down to your bones i'm glad you say that because that's exactly what it is it becomes a bonding moment it it builds character it builds humanity and it's a it's a moment that you'll share and probably share with your kind of experience you'll pass that kind of experience and and teach others um, this these, is a these way are to the connect. Stories that I hope I can remember when I'm an old man and my grandkids are coming up to me and asking me about hunting, and I, I want to tell them all the stories about when I was young. Exactly. Now, isn't there something incredibly special? Uh, you have a bond with your brothers because of hunting that mm-hmm. um, maybe other families don't have because they don't have that special connection. Yep. And and I wish I wish everybody could experience it. I mean, everybody can. You just got. They just got. Yeah, people just have to get up and go. Go out and do it. Right, right. And there may be other things that other families do, but certainly hunting is one of those things that you can connect with. You share a lifetime. Brings the whole family. Brings together. the whole Brings family together. together. At the end of the day, you still you're still breaking bread with your family and sharing those stories. And it just 
um, brings mm-hmm. life to life, really. And thanking God for it all. Exactly. Well, Zach, I appreciate you taking some time out on a Saturday afternoon to tell us the story behind the, the oh, picture. Oh, no problem at all. I love telling the story. And uh, please, uh, please share more stories with us if you come across some more bucks and certainly feel free to, to give us a call anytime and, and, and talk hunting. I really enjoyed talking to you today. Me too, me too. Well, I just wanted to thank everyone else, you know, who, who's listening to this, who liked my pick. I wanted to thank them all for liking it, and, and I hope you enjoyed the story. And This, this was a great opportunity for me, and I, and I love sharing it with you guys. Excellent. Uh, Zach, I'm going to um, make sure that you get a, a connection and a link to the podcast when it comes out. Okay. It'll be on pod to, or um, iTunes on our podcast. It'll probably come out um, in a few days, and it'll be under the Big Buck Registry Big Buck Podcast. Okay. And we'll, uh, we'll get you all squared away with the link. Um, all right, thank you. Zach, I really appreciate it. Tell your brothers I said thank you as well. And um, I will. ask your brother if he'd like to be on the show, and we'll, we'll connect with him down the road. Okay. All right, Zach, have a great afternoon. You too. All right, take care. Okay, so that was Zach McKenzie, and uh, thank you very much to Zach for being on the show. And let's pick up right where we left off and go right to the Dusty Phillips interview. All right, so take it away. All right, welcome back, everybody. This is Jay Scott, and I am here with Dusty Phillips. And uh, we couldn't be more pleased to have Dusty join us today. T- uh, Dusty did submit a picture to the Big Buck Registry photo contest, and uh, he has uh, agreed to talk to us a little bit about the hunt and the deer and a bunch of other hunting stuff. So, Dusty, welcome to the show. Yeah, Jay, thanks for having me, man. Uh, it's a pleasure to be on, on your show here. And I honored to uh, be able to harvest a uh, white tail as I did and uh, let's get rolling with the interview. Cool man, oh, I appreciate it oh, Dusty, where are you from? Hey, I, I'm in. Uh, I'm a little bit west of Dayton, Ohio in a little farming community called Farmersville, Ohio Farmersville, Ohio, that sounds like prime time hunting territory if you ask me it, 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 it is, uh, It's live white tail action all day every day, we have a lot of corn soybean fields some big woods it's a uh, prime ground to uh shoot shoot some monsters now you said you, it's farmsville ohio farmersville farmersville ohio and not heaven right yeah all right just it's, checking it's the, clo- it's the closest thing to heaven you can get that's fantastic uh, now the the area that you hunt is is close to your house yeah i'm i'm uh i'm about 15 minutes from the house you know i, I hunt my in-laws Mm-hmm. They got uh, about 25 acres, and I've let it grow up in cedar, some real heavy cover. Uh, we got uh, what we call around here, it's like a wildlife habitat seed we can purchase through the parks district. And I've got uh, about 10 acres of that planted, and boy, it grows up thick, and it's a lot of cover for, for some monsters to bed down in. And, uh, boy, we sure do see a lot of deer traffic through that cover. That's amazing um someday i hope to join you out there that would be uh hey, just to come time, watch i don't even care if i hunt <laughs> that's awesome come out anytime. cool um uh, dusty tell me about uh, what you do for a living you know i work for a, a county engineer's office for a living uh i work uh 40 hour weeks and, and after that it, it's deer time gotcha so you're you're a normal guy with just a deep passion for deer hunting 
just something I'm made up with. It's an addiction you can't get away from. I know the feeling. Yeah, it's uh, it, it comes on like uh, well, you think about it all year long, but you know, it's, once the season starts to roll around, even just the smell uh, of the air, got- you can changes a little bit. Oh, when season comes around, my buddy says, we know deer season's here. We can't get a hold of you. You're not home. You're gone. I say, hey, guys, you want to catch up? Let me grab a camera and meet me in the tree stand. We can hang out all evening. There you go. That sounds like a good time to me. Um, so how did, how did you get into deer hunting originally, Dustin? Yeah, you know, as a young boy, my grandfather has got me started into the woods. He, he taught me everything I know. If it wasn't for him, uh, I would probably not know as much as I do as far as chasing a mature buck. It's, uh, I'm thankful that uh, the time that I got to spend with him was in the woods. He passed away in 98, and uh, I told him I'd keep the legend living of chasing the big white tails. Nice. And what, is, what was your grandfather's name? Uh, Lawrence Coomer. Lawrence. Excellent. Well, uh, kudos to Lawrence for taking you out. That's excellent. That's for sure. Um, all right. So you're, you're in Ohio, you're hunting big white tails. You have a passion for it. Um, the picture that you submitted, I'd like you to take us, uh, back to the day of that hunt, actually, if you could. Um, and this is the, the picture looks like you're on the back of a pickup truck and it's on, it's the same photo that you submitted to the big buck registry for the contest. Um, it's a massive rack deer so tell us a little bit about the hunt um where what time of day did your hunt start obviously you've probably got some prep into it but tell us about that morning actually it happened uh after work i came home from work told the wife i was headed for the woods you know i'm not big on shotgun hunting and, and by chance i said i'm it was second day of deer gun ohio 2010 I said, I'm taking, I'm taking the old smoke stick to the woods. I grabbed the, my Remington 887. Matter of fact, I just had bought it and put a few rounds through it. I said, I'm going to take it with me tonight. Two mornings on, headed to the woods. And that's where my legend of the chubby tines, white-tailed deer, boy monster rat, gross score 174, seven-eighths of an inch. That's where it all began was after work. Showed up to the hunting spot. I call it the honey hole. I take off walking. I'm just uh, getting prepared for the night's hunt. I'm walking back through the field. And uh, I told my wife when I left that I'm going to shoot a monster tonight. You know, she laughed, giggled, and said, yeah, yeah, you know, you, you got good odds where you're at, but uh, who knows? You may and you may not. And I said, yeah, I just got a feeling about tonight, and it's going to be a good, it's gonna be a good night in the woods. Gotcha. So I take off walking. I take off walking back to the stand, and uh, just enjoying the outdoors, the scenery. And my my night didn't last long in the woods, that's for sure. I come around the corner, and uh, lo and behold, the buck was standing there looking right at me. No kidding. All right, so you got out of work. You what do you drive? A pickup truck. Yeah, a Chevy pickup truck. All right, so you got your Chevy. You leave work. You got your Chevy pickup truck. You got hunting on the mind. You go to the spot. Now, the spot that you picked out was a spot you, you're familiar with. Oh, for sure. I hunted day after day after day. Okay, so you know, I like the back of your hand. And it's a spot. How long have you been hunting this spot? I've been hunting there for ten years. Ten years. All right, so you know the spot very well. And does it get any pressure? 
You know, actually, I got about 500 acres around me that nobody's allowed to hunt. It's a privately owned piece of land, and the owners just uh, they enjoy the outdoors, and and they don't allow nobody to uh, hunt their property. That's a be- that's a beautiful setup right there. Uh, I love it. All right, so you get out there, you <clears throat> you start hunting. You have your your shotgun, a shotgun in Ohio. And what kind of gear are you wearing? Do you or uh, clothing? You have um, camouflage. Did you? Oh yeah, fully dressed camouflage. But obviously it was deer gun season, so I got an orange hat on. Okay. I got a, a orange vest on. I got my hunter orange on. Okay. So you got your hunter orange. You got your camo. Um, any? What are you wearing for boots? Yeah, I got a pair of uh, Rocky twelve hundred gram insulated bear claws. Okay, rubber quality boots. Yeah. Okay. And all right. So you get out of your pickup truck. It's late afternoon at this point. Yeah, that's correct. It's, right. it's about uh, four o'clock. Four o'clock in the afternoon in Ohio, and you start walking a trail. Yeah, I, I got a cut trail that I walk to keep the leaves off of it. I keep all the debris out of the way, so I make very minimal noise getting back into my spot. Gotcha. And was your intent to? still hunt or were you headed towards a stand yeah i was headed for a tree stand uh, we, we call it the, the honey hole for a reason okay the the deer just tend to show up there i take it oh it's just a good pasture area i got a i got my area set up for a bedding uh they got food not too far from the bedding area it's just a pass-through for sure gotcha all right so tell me a little bit more about that tell me about the the landscape around your area of your stand. Now where I'm at, I got uh, a lot of grown up cedar trees. We've actually taken 15 acres and, and just let mother nature take its course and let the area grow up. Yeah, there's a lot. We got a lot of uh, blackberry thickets. We've got a lot of what we call uh, a prairie grass. Uh, you know, a lot of folks call it Johnson grass, but this is a different called prairie grass. We let that grow up. It, it's a thickening area. It's so hard to walk through, uh, you know, without having trails cut through it. There's there's about no possible way that you can walk through it just by taking off walking. It's just that thick. You know, the deer's got their natural wore down trails. They get in there, they bed up. We've had many occasions where in the springtime, uh, midsummer, we'll start seeing fawns coming out of the bedding area there. They just come in there and they lay down. They're comfortable. And nobody bothers them. It's just a grown-up area. It's a lot of trees. We got some oak trees in there. We got a shag bark hickories everywhere throughout there. It's just a grown-up field where it, nobody gets to bother them. Gotcha. So this is this is prime whitetail habitat, basically. Oh, that's great. There's no. It's not like you're you're not in any kind of commercial zone. This is. These 500 acres are built for deer hunting. Oh, yeah, for sure. Excellent. All right, so you're walking to your stand, and the buck steps out, correct? You know, actually, you're standing there. Didn't, at the time, know that there was a doe bedded up with him. Gotcha. He was standing there looking at me, watching me walk into my tree stand. Kept lowering his head, trying to hide his rat. He's trying anything he can do to keep me from seeing the antlers on top of his head. Gotcha. How far away was the buck at this point? He was at 
100 yards. 100 yards. You spotted him at 100 yards. He sees you, you see him. Does, yeah, for sure. Uh, There's no mistake in when I see him in the rack on top yeah. of his head. Uh, is, is he in the woods at this point, or is he in, uh, like in the open area on the trail? He's, uh, he's on the open area in the field, kind of in a thicket. Okay. So he's in a little thicket in the field. You can see him. He can see you. So it's it's a it's a showdown here. It now, is a showdown. He's hanging out with a doe. At that point. Yes, he's he's got a doe bed up that I cannot see at the time. Gotcha. And what do you do next? You know, I I get to thinking he's he's done spotting me. For whatever reason, he's not running. I couldn't get it in my mind. I'm thinking, man, I, I got to do something faster. He's going to run off. So I kind of hunkered down, and I, I want to get, I want to get a little bit better shot and a little more clear opening to make a shot through. So I go out, I hunker down, I take off walking, trying to stay low visibility for him not to see my movement very much. I get to an opening where I can see him pretty clear. And I raise up, and, and boy, I, I raise my shotgun up and get ready to take my shot. All right, so you're ready to you take your shot. Now, you, what happens after that? You take the shot? And, and you know, a loud boom, and after all the excitement clears, he, he falls straight to the ground, never took another step. Gotcha. What was the load you were carrying in your gun? I was shooting a two and three quarter inch uh, hollow point slug. Hollow point slug, beautiful. Buck goes down. Does the doe take off? You know, after I shoot the buck, I'm standing there. I'm kind of watching, make sure that he don't get up or run off on me. You know, trying to make another shot on him if he gets up. And uh, doe stands up, and I said, "Oh my gosh, he was bed- had a doe bed up with him there." She took off running just as hard as she could run. I was thinking in my mind, and I, I, I might have said this out loud, but I was thinking, sweetie, thank you very much. If it wasn't for you, that big of a whitetail wouldn't be on his feet during daylight hours. Right, right. Excellent. So the buck goes down. What do you do from there? You call your buddy, or uh, do, do you uh, you go, go go up to the buck and check it out? You know, first thing I did, I'm going to give him time to, to lay for a minute. I stood there just watched him. I think to myself, man, I think that's the buck that me and the wife call Chubby Times. And I said, oh, my gosh, if it is, it's a monster. You know, so I took a minute. I kind of stood around, almost dumbfounded that I just smoked a giant buck walking in like that. Yeah. So I said, I'm going to go back to the truck. I'm going to take a minute. You know, and you're drilling, just pounding your, your heart right out of your chest. I said, I'm going to take a minute. I'm going to settle down. I'm going to make a few phone calls, and I'm going to go check this big boy out. Excellent. So you get up to the buck. You look it over. What's your impression? I said, oh, my God. That's the buck that I've watched grow up. We called him Chubby Times from day one. He's always had real long time length. He's grown a couple sticker points on his G2s. I walk up on him, I said, oh, my God, it's old chubby times. I just could not believe that I got a shot off on him. No kidding. No kidding. That's awesome. Um, and then, so you're, you're, you're in the moment of elation. You have the adrenaline pumping through you. You cannot believe what's going on. No, I just I grabbed a hold of the antlers, and I, I squatted down. 
just took it all in. Uh, deer, that was a buck of a lifetime for me. Right. Uh, hunting hard. I, I, I had him the year before at uh, 45 yards with a bow. Couldn't make the shot happen. I, I try not to shoot an uh, unethical shot. Mm-hmm. Try tap. I, I just, I had nightmares that thinking, man, I wish I just took a shot. I had a clear opening at one time, but it just wasn't right. You know, it wasn't the right shot. I didn't feel comfortable making the shot. I definitely didn't want to uh, wound a buck of that caliber and let him get away. Right. Excellent. Well, congratulations, Dusty. That's, that is, uh, that is quite a deer of the lifetime that you've harvested. And that was in 2010, correct? Yeah, that is awesome. great, 2010, thank you. Just awesome. Um, did you pick up your phone and call somebody? Did you go back to the truck to get uh, you know, chubby I, tines I, I, out of there? My call was my, I was so excited I had to call somebody. I called the wife. I said, hey, I, I've just laid laid the creeper on chubby tines. And she said, oh, no way, no way, there ain't no way. And I said, I'm telling you, I have laid him on the ground. Nice. So you laid the creeper on chubby tines. Excellent. Oh, laying the creeper. That's what we yep. call it here in Ohio. Laying the creeper. I like it. So you, you, uh, did you drag him out? You'd get a four wheeler and come get him. How'd you get him out of the woods? You know, I, I took time and enjoyed the moment. Uh, we, I called several people down to come down and, and I was going to have, uh, friends help me get in the truck and enjoy it with me. It, it, it was just, uh, a deer that I want everybody to enjoy, not just myself, you know, uh, a deal like that don't get harvested every year. So I said, you know, I'm calling a couple of buddies. They can come down and help us. And uh, we actually was able to get to the truck pretty close. Two guys dragged him across the field a little ways, get him up to the back of the truck. And it took four of us to get him loaded in the truck. Uh, he dress weighed at 251 pounds. 251 pounds. That's insane. That's awesome. Um so you got him out, of, and all right. So here's uh here's one of the the questions on big bucks. How did how did the meat taste? The the meat was so good. You put a piece of it on your forehead, your tongue would slap your brains out trying to get a hold of it. <laughs> That's <laughs> that is excellent. You know, there's always this uh you know big question: Do do bigger, older bucks taste good? And so it sounds like uh, the meat from Chubby was pretty good. So very yeah, cool for sure. All right, so Dusty, so this Chubby Tines buck has led you um, into uh, another uh, milestone in your life. Sounds like you're you've opened up something called Chubby Tines Outdoors. Tell us a little bit about that. You know, Chubby Tines Outdoors came about when people started showing me some bucks that uh, they, they had photos of, and, and it was local deer. And I, I said, I said, hey guys, wait, you know, why why didn't this get to somebody to get a score you right. know we uh we see all these pictures everybody all the time every time i go somewhere somebody shows me a picture of a big buck i said hey you know guys we've got to get these deer out there for other people to be able to enjoy them as much as you did when you harvest them i said you know all i want to do take the time you guys send me the picture i want to post it on a, a community page where that uh, folks can enjoy your deer. Chubby Tines Outdoors came about. You know, we called my buck Chubby Tines. I got a real good friend of mine, Jordan Robbins. Uh, hopefully I can get him to do an interview with you guys. But he's involved with it. He shot a nice uh, Chubby Tines. We're just uh, getting deer out there where people can see him, comment, like, share. Send us your buck, chubbytines at hotmail.com. 
Beautiful. Are you accepting it only by email, or do you have a Facebook page as well? You you can log on to our Facebook page, post them on our wall. We're going to share them with our viewers. Right. It's a a page where you can come enjoy your deer. No deer is too small. Every deer we see is a a trophy to us because it it takes a lot of time and effort to harvest a whitetail buck. Yep. And you know that you make a very good point there. The Big Buck Registry was created for a similar reason because we wanted to share photos uh, and that, you know, I was sharing my photos with my friends and my friends were sharing their photos with me and there are great pictures, but we, the, the story kind of died there. You just kind of remembered what your friend told you or if you were involved in the drag or if you were involved with the hunt, you told the stories a couple times and over the years they might come up again, but there was never a, a catalog where you could go and actually view these deer um to bring the bring those memories back cuz if you're into hunting you like to reminisce you like to go back and remember a lots of things about the hunt see pictures of the hunt and a lot of times those things just kind of get thrown in a drawer or, you know cataloged in your brain and never really shared again until you just start talking about it one day so we thought it was a little more important to have uh, a bigger catalog not only for my pictures but for everybody across the United States and to talk about it, because in our mind, uh, a picture is definitely worth a thousand words, like the old adage says. However, there's at least 10,000 words behind the picture that tell the story of how you got to that picture. So that's what our goal, our mission at the Big Buck Registry is. And it, it really isn't just limited to big bucks. Yes, we love big bucks, and, and that's like winning the lottery, but... Hunting is hunting, and if you, you know, you might have a couple, it was one great picture I loved, actually, that was submitted, that was two does and a duck. doesn't get any better than that. <laughs> that's for sure. Yep. Well, that's, I, I like the idea of Chubby Times. We'll be checking you out frequently. Um, yeah, hey, I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, like I said, we're, uh, we're branching out. We're, we're working on something uh, right now where we're getting into uh, a little comical side of our, our Chubby Times outdoor page. Uh, we're actually working on getting uh, submittings from family members, brothers, sisters, moms, dads. We're going to do a prank phone call about your harvest. Uh, it's just something we're working on, and uh, we'll see where it goes. All right. When you have that complete, send it on over. We'll uh, we'll post it on our on our Facebook page. Hey, we'll do. Right. Yeah. Hey, I, I should appreciate uh, you guys taking time to get with me cool. and. and Love the big buck registry. All right, cool, man. I appreciate it. A couple other things I wanted to ask you before we we uh, hang up here. Um, tell us about scent control. That's one question I didn't get into about your particular hunt. When you got out of the truck, did you do you use any yeah. scent control situations? Yeah, scent, scent control is, is, is a major factor in harvesting mature chubby kinds. We take scent control seriously, as everybody that hits the tree stand should. And we believe in, in natural scent control. We take, we go, we go out to the field and we actually take cedar trees, bring them back. I run them through a cider press, try to squeeze the juices out of the limbs while they're green. Uh, that, that's something that, uh, I take time every before season, like a preseason ritual. I get a few guys together and we take and press out the juice out of the cedar tree limbs. Boy, that's made a difference in the world by taking that, putting the squirter bottle, and squirting that cedar uh, juicings all over us. 
So, all right. So that's interesting. That's something I have not heard before, nor have we heard it from anybody on the Big Buck Registry uh, podcast interviews. You actually go out and take cedar trees. And I've seen cedar. We don't have a ton where I'm at, but I've seen them before. And you know the smell. So you can actually extract the juice like you would sap from a maple? Yeah, it's, it's pretty much the same scenario. Now, the cedars around where we're at, you know, I wish I had a definition of what kind of cedars are. They get little berries on them. Okay. These berries smell no different than actually cedar when you cut the limb off the cedar tree. We put all that, we take little nippers, we put all the limbs down into a cider press, and you just crank them on down, and all the juices that run out, boy, it smells just like a cedar tree. We take that, put it in the bottle, and that's what we use as our scent cover. No kidding. And do you do anything else besides that? You know, we've, we've come to find out that natural cedar smells right there in the woods. That's what we use for a cover-up. We keep all of our clothes boxed up. I put everything away after I get done hunting in a, in a like an igloo container. I squirt a few squirts of cedar cover down in there, and boy, that just smelling right when we hit the woods no kidding so this is this has really become camouflage for the nose it's the natural scent in the woods that we've got right. around here so you're like a uh, real tree um, or anything like that basically you've gone and they took the patterns from the woods. You're taking the scents from the woods in which you hunt and turning them into a, um, a camouflage for the nose so the deer can't smell you, which is the idea That's behind correct. scent control. Um, we've heard correct. that some guys are actually washing their dishwasher, not dishwasher, their, cl- um, their clothes washer before they wash their clothes with some type of a detergent to clean out the other scents from the other clothes. So this is uh, this is one of those tips and tricks that I think we're uh, we're looking for when we interview hunters who have taken and, and harvested successful successfully big bucks from the woods like this. All right. So one other question, I'll let you go. Um, tell us about the importance and uh, what's important about sharing your experiences in the outdoors to youth. You know the the youth play a major role in the upcoming hunting industry. Uh, if we don't get the youth into the woods, it's going to be a thing of the past. I take the time. I, I'll, I'll take any any of my hunt days, any time of year, if I got a youth that says, hey, I want to learn a little bit about getting into the outdoors and out in the hunting industry, I'll take time out of my hunt and take any youth that come to me and, and want to know a little bit about it. I will take the time to show them. Guys and gals can't be no more important than that. Take the youth to the outdoors. Get them away from the PlayStation. Get them away from the computers. They're uh, they're going to learn more outside. That will help them in the long run than they do in the house. So that, that is a major part of Chubby Kind's Outdoors. That's a major part of my personal life. Uh, anybody that knows me, I will take time to get the youth into the woods. That's that's outstanding, and I I feel strongly on that too. And that hunting with your kids or other kids, taking another kid hunting that isn't even yours, is incredibly important. Only because it teaches children about the elements 
of the outdoors. You want to know what's going on in your environment. You want to be in tune with the environment. Take a kid hunting. This isn't about killing a deer. This is about learning all about the outdoors, how the nature interacts with each other, and applying that to your own life. It's a science project. It's a it's an emotional thing. It's connecting with a kid and giving them something to understand about our entire world. So it's not just deer hunting. It's understanding the environment in which we live and how to preserve and protect that environment for generations to come and to basically make the world a better place. Yeah, that, that is for sure. You know, I, I'll tell you, I'll give you a, a quick sample of what, what, uh, what happened with me one time. I uh, had a guy come to me and said, I know nothing about hunting. I said, hey, that that's fine. I, it doesn't matter what you know. I will teach you. Uh, you know, if it wasn't for somebody showing me, I wouldn't be where I'm at. So I, I said, hey, you know, he said, I'd like to take my son to the woods. I said, well, let's do it. So I said, he's got to do a higher safety course here in the state of Ohio. I said, get you guys set up with that, get through that, pass that, get you a hunting license, get everything set up to uh, go to the woods, and we're, we're going to go. So I, I did it. I said, hey, you get everything set up, we're going to the woods. So that's what they did. They got through all the hunting safety course. We take him out, and uh, the, the kid, I, I give him a few more safety tips before we hit the woods. It was used deer gun. 2007, I'm pretty sure. We get out there, and I, I got him in a real good spot where some, I've seen a lot of does, the, the mature deer, uh, mature bucks, not necessarily have I seen them in this area, but I say, hey, he's got to start somewhere. This is going to shine, you know, what it feels like when you see a deer. We sure enough, we get out there, we're set up, and here comes a nice doe. And uh, I said, hey, you're going to take a shot at this one. As soon as she gets close enough, take a shot, and gets broadside for a good shot, we're going to take a shot. Boy, he smoked her. Smoked her, laid the creeper right on her, put her on the ground, and uh, there there wasn't no more. Yeah, I've shot a monster buck, but there ain't no more enjoyment than seeing a youth take their first harvest out in the woods. I told every friend I know, boys, if the sun don't shine tomorrow, that right there made my life. Absolutely. That is so true. You see the, the excitement in their eyes. You can relate to it because you were there once. And that moment in time is frozen forever in your brain. You'll never forget that. That's one of the things you never forget. And it's so important to um, develop. And it, it shows you how fragile nature is and how much we need to respect it. And to, and that the types of things we're doing, we're, I mean, in essence, we're, we're harvesting our own meat. We are, um, out there harvesting with our own bare hands, free range organic meats. And there's nothing better. Doesn't get any better. better. That's right. That's right. Um, so hunters are the, are the most important conservationists out there. Um, and everything that goes with it is just a lesson in life that should be passed down from generation to generations forever, and so that we never forget where our food comes from. That is correct. It uh, don't get no better than the outdoors. Uh, the the food's natural, and boy, uh, the taste is so much better when it's an organic grazed deer. Right. Exactly. Well, Dusty, I appreciate you spending a half an hour with us today. Uh, we are very pleased. And thank you for starting Chubby Tines Outdoors. And thank you for submitting your picture of Chubby 
to our Big Buck Registry contest for the 2012 season. And uh, if uh, if you have any of those great videos or, or comic prank calls that you're coming up with, we'll post them on our site when it comes time. Hey, awesome. I sure do appreciate you guys giving me a call. Uh, folks, check us out. Chubby Times Outdoors. Give us a look and a like. All right. Sounds good, Dusty. Well, I'll, uh, I'll let hey. you go, but um, again, appreciate it. Um, give us a call it back again. Shoot me a text or, uh, you know, jump on Facebook and, uh, just say, Hey, we'll get something great. We want to talk about and get you on the phone again. And, or any of your, your guys that are starting to participate in uh, chubby tying outdoors, but have the, those guys on the radio too. Hey, awesome. What sure do you think you? All right, Dusty. Have a great day. You too. Take care. Bye. Bye. All right, everybody, that's a wrap. This is Jay Scott, your host, and thank you to Jamie Boyd, Zach McKenzie, and Dusty Phillips, and we'll see you again next week right here at the Big Buck Registry, Big Buck Podcast.